Welcome to our podcast, Revival in Jesus' Way. Disciple making is Jesus' way to change the world. This is the one mission that his people should focus on. There is only one way, his way, to create lasting transformation. And God is calling his church to wake up. I'm your host, Tim Cahoe. And I am Yin Yan Xu. Hi listeners, now we are at episode 11, the celebration episode, because we Ooh. have finished the first 10 episodes in a series called Church Clichés. Um, actually, it's the first epi- for, first um, podcast in our lifetime. Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Got now it. we want to uh, share more about our background stories, um, who we are, and uh, how God has been guiding us. So Tim, uh, how do you think God has been preparing us for this series? Mm, yeah, I think um, one thing that stood out to me when I was thinking about this question was that it's really a long time in preparation. Because kind of um, ever since we've been together, and even before that, we're, we've, we've always been kind of um, noticing these things. Um, it's just, they kind of have come out whenever in our conversations, mm-hmm. I think because we're both passionate about disciple making and the vision, um, we talk about these things. The whole truth in mm-hmm. Bible. Yeah. And, and we just run into a lot of those things. We also notice it when we're listening to sermons, we don't try to just critique constantly, but we do. It's, so we, cannot we, help. we can't help it. Yeah. Both <laughs> of us. And this is one thing that I think. Even when we got to know each other, um, just on many levels, we had a lot of agreement whenever we were dating and and whenever we were getting to know and doing ministry together. And this was one area where we really saw that God had given us a common heart because we both, when we heard sermons, when we heard teachings um, online or other things, we could always pick out those things that were very like, they, they were against what we read in the Bible. They They seemed yeah. very clearly... Um, promoting a different kind mm-hmm. of standard than what we saw in scripture and especially those lies like church even constantly promote mm-hmm. that they think it's truth because um, f- for us it's like two or three years ago i think i invented the word cliche i i, I started have using decided it for this use, yeah. yeah use the situation to call it cliche because mm-hmm. cliche is something repeatedly appear um it is not true but then people it sounds like true mm. that's um that that's the meaning i i put to this word so i remember is um three is three years ago when you were when you were uh in the long deployment mm. the eight month de- deployment and then i began to uh lead some lady bible study by myself uh, also with my mom actually at that time and then we were studying the book of acts and then uh whatever whatever question i i asked uh it's it, sometimes it's the truth like clearly in the bible but then people can constantly use the those uh cliche saying to dismiss it mm. for example people say oh well isn't the bible have many translations well nobody can really know the truth um well uh, you know, even in the um, the what's that the the among the theologians, uh, people debate about it. Uh, who who are 
who are we? We can know the truth. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes, like, uh, I, I really hate a situation like when people don't see from um, the Bible itself is so clear, and then people say, well, but uh, what the Pope talks about, what, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of do not talk about the, the fact of the topic itself. Mm, yeah, it's kind of an excuse to, instead of taking a plain meaning of a passage that we're looking through, um, just kind of saying, oh, well, there's many different opinions about this, or and then not really discussing from there, kind of using it as a, a, a an off-ramp in mm-hmm. a way from the discussion of what might be a pretty logically obvious yeah, yeah. point. It's not the clear the thinking like, I think this is wrong because one, two, three, mm, that's right. to have uh, uh, those ideas, those facts to support my claim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of going but to this keep to expert. A, keep, keep to avoid. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's many of those methods that they use, but I think something we both saw is that a lot of people like to use these kind of cliches or this is a common thing, and, and because it's a common thing that, People in church say, people will say, well, I don't have to, basically, what you're pointing at in the scripture, I don't have to deal with it. I don't even have to think about what the solution would be because this is a common thing in the church that everybody believes this way. And so I'm just going to kind of ignore this scripture and we should just, you Mm -hmm. know, move Mm -hmm. on from there. So that especially when it comes to something that involves like discipline or something that involves real change in someone's life i think Mm -hmm. it's easy to start to see these things pop out Mm -hmm. you know yeah people will say well this is legalism so so then we should ask so what is the definition of legalism according to the bible Mm -hmm. um you know so oftentimes when we really really see the scriptures clearly in the context many questions are are answered Mm -hmm. and many lies cannot stand so i think that's that's what why do you why do you think Christians should know the series? Why do you think Christians should uh, aware be aware about those cliches? Mm, yeah, and I, I think that uh, one thing that we had discussed, and again, kind of going back to where you had started at, when you started to collect these cliches, and you really collected a lot more than we went over for this series. More than it's just, ten. Yeah, yeah, it would just it would have <laughs> taken. Oh, this covered a lot of the those basic big idea ones um but there were a lot more actually and i think that what we had both kind of thought through and said is that um the reason why people should know this and should think about this before other things is because you you kind of have to wrestle with these things and at least begin to to say like actually what i want is jesus's standard not this the built up cultural or even church cultural understanding you have to leave that in a way if you really want to pursue jesus's way mm-hmm. so it's kind of like as long as you're on this kind of cultural christian road you're not really willing to veer to what jesus is what the scripture is saying what god is saying through scripture then you're never really going to get to the place where jesus wants you to be so i think that's why you're we never wanted really to be close to god yeah you you can't get close to god because you're you're sticking in the lane of what is acceptable in mm-hmm. a way you're this lane of and not not based on like those big you know doctrine principles you know like the the nicene creed or those things apostles creed it's not those things it's this church cultural 
uh, road, you know, mm-hmm. this this road that we're all just used to. Unless mm-hmm. we're that's the road we're saying. Unless you leave that and you start to get closer to who God is, mm-hmm. unless you say like, okay, I'm gonna look at Scripture myself and I'm gonna begin to really try to get closer to God in my own relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not gonna get closer to God. You're gonna mm-hmm. get closer to God by someone else. You know, mm-hmm. it's that kind of you remain kind of in that old. It's kind of like the picture of the Old Testament covenant and the New Testament covenant. You know, this this idea of these priests. You know, you always have like a priest between you and God. Mm-hmm. But then like Jesus said, we, you, he said in that day, you know, you will go to the Father. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I won't need to go to the Father for you. There's a, a time and a day when, you know, we can go to Jesus. We can go to the Father ourselves. And mm-hmm. that's the way the relationship is supposed to work. You know, we can mm-hmm. approach God's throne with confidence. Yeah, and, and when, when God initially gave us the idea, I think uh, when I say begin to use the word cliche, it's two or three years ago. Um, but it's not like um, God said, hey, write something about cliche, and then I can just sit down and, and write it out. Um, uh, really, It's really before that God already began to really prepare us um, because first we, um, as, as a um, years back, 15 years ago, as a new Christian, I need to have, have a first experience of being discipled, right? And then, and then I myself become passionate about the Great Commission and begin to disciple others, um, and even across several cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, begin to gradually grow those one-on-one disciple-making experience and to build disciple-making community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then God got, actually guide us to the church disciple-making ministry and somewhat different is, uh, other than help anybody that uh, we also begin to help um, you know pastors and elders and those people and that's a big learning curve too mm-hmm. and right. then in, in the meantime um, uh, actually two years ago when we moved to Virginia that, that also helps a lot because in there, I think more people write, more people have podcasts, and so people just feel like that's that's such a. If mm. you want to write, just write, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so we begin to talk about that for one or two years. Like, uh, we we will we will become podcasters. We will begin to write bloggers. Mm. Uh, uh, we will begin to write blogs. Uh, you know, so all this when you talk for a while mm. and then God gives you some strong message especially mm. in your ministry in your ministry experience practice when you see people are deceived mm. by those lies wow my heart is just burning for that yeah and our- I don't want to see someone they they thought they they will have good Christian fruit, but in the end they don't have fruit because mm. the fruit is the mature Christians you disciple. Mm. Yeah, and I think it goes into a long. Uh, I thought about it too. It goes into a long tradition of how a lot of these writings have started. Like you look at the church fathers. You know, one of the the first things a lot of them write is these like Irenaeus, like against heresies is like the first one of the big major things he he writes. You see this kind of like common theme of and then obviously in Paul's letters there's again and again this talking against the the common you know heresies of the day trying to to kind of take those away from where the truth is and then um I was even I'm reading through um William Wilberforce's book um on the common 
you know, major religion of his day um, is, you know, I forget the whole title of the book, but that's his introduction chapter is saying that, you know, whenever it, it's, it's almost against being loving to not bring up these things. When you see a, a someone you love and error again and again, um, you kind of have to, to not care very much for that person in order to not bring those things up and try to speak out what, what the, the right way is, what the, the truth is. So how did God initially guide you into disciple-making ministry? Yeah, so we talked a little about the cliche, this series specifically, and I think in for disciple-making, yeah, for, for me, um, it, it was really kind of like a a step by step road and really it's a and it's amazing each step I feel like I can really see God's guidance and how they're kind of connected so like for me it was you know at the beginning of my relationship with Jesus I came from a Christian family but I was not really walking in a Christian way I understood a lot of those things in the Bible um, I had grown up on that yeah I wasn't born again and um, until I was about 23 years old um, at the end of 2011, um, whenever I was confronted by a street preacher mm. at the end of 2010 in December, and um, he really pointed out some some solid truths about what it means to be a believer, and I noticed that I didn't have those things. I wasn't living that way. You know, I was praying every night, but I wasn't really pursuing God. And then I started to wonder why not. You know, what's what you know like like there is you know something assured that happens to you um, when you've come into relationship with Jesus and that hasn't happened to me and so I, I started to really become curious like what is the Christian life and then shortly after that God brought Guy James into my life who had actually been kind of brought up through someone connected with the navigators and had been raised up with some of those early navigators and um, this guy James re- led me through Romans and met with me you know once a week for a year and really I learned the gospel I prayed to receive Christ through that you know through, all, these, all of your questions yeah he he took time <laughs> because he was around me and was with me he um you know it, those questions came out that I had grown up in a Christian home but I always wondered about the fate of the you know unevangelized people who don't know Jesus what does scripture really say about them and why is it is it fair that you know that that hell should exist that there are some that are going there. What what about those who don't hear the message? Um, those were big questions in my heart. And honestly, there was no place to ask them, ask those questions whenever I was growing up. So like having someone to meet with consistently who was willing to just hear questions, take me to places in scripture um, where those things are talked about, really take me systematically step by step through scripture and really show me what it, it said itself. That was huge. And that really laid a firm foundation to where I had a high level of confidence in the truth. Mm-hmm. I had a high level of confidence that these things were true. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, that was a big thing. Because I saw again and again people without that foundation who felt more like kind of wishy-washy about this faith. And I realized that that was a major factor. Mm-hmm. Was if someone walks through with you consistently over a long period of time, and they really let you get your questions out and really let mm-hmm. you see in the scripture what it really says for yourself. Um, it can make a huge difference in a person's life. That's right. Yeah, for me, it's once I once I became a Christian, actually, uh, when, I, when I was a non-believer, when I heard the gospel, 
I I had the logical thinking, you know. I know like if if your gospel is right, then it means I I accept I can be saved. But it means like others who uh who didn't choose to accept will go to hell. So so even before、mm-hmm. I become a Christian, like I I mean I can't I can't understand it, it. It's just words, you know. I can't understand. So once、mm-hmm. I become a Christian, I I do have the heart for evangelism. And also just through reading Bible, actually,、uh, like what we shared before, just through reading、uh, Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen to twenty,、mm-hmm. that is very clear that、um, disciple making is the mission.、Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's very it's very easy for me to understand. Even before my、um, disciples showed up to disciple me,、mm-hmm. actually, I I theoretically I can. Understand that,、mm, and actually, yeah, and yeah. actually, my biggest struggle about this claim,、um, disciple making is the ministry. Disciple making is Jesus' ministry. There isn't another、mm. uh, ministry. So this claim, I I met、uh, when when I when I met biggest challenge, biggest confusion actually is the first several years in America. So I um. So I grow up in China, and then I become a believer. And after several years, I, after six,、uh, five or six years, and then I went to U.S. for a master's degree. So it's it's the those years,、um, the beginning years in America.、Um, and then I find out why. Now when I look back, I thank God for for that experience, so that I, you know, after that confusion, first it's really clear after、mm. I become Christian, right? And then several years confusion, and then now back, I think God tried to use me as a vessel to talk to so many Western churches、mm. that that they that they're confused,、mm. um, that that um, like even 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 when I had such a big conviction, right? When I arrived in U.S., when I when I was soaked among the many American Christians, actually, I be, I begin to confuse, I begin to like. Oh, am I too narrow? Am I too, too, too pressured? Am、mm. I too?、Uh, because God gave me this movement、uh, in my heart about、uh, disciple making. So, but that's my thing, right? That's not other people's thing.、Mm. Am I pressuring other people? You know, so I, I have,、uh, I kind of have several confused, confused years. But, but that's actually now I look back, it's so good.、Mm. It, it's so good. Kind of, I go deep down into that to, to, to kind of to feel why people are confused,、mm. and then I come back.、Mm. Uh, I think right before we we were married when we were dating,、um, that that's when I begin to、um, come back. <laughs>、mm. Can all other people be wrong at、mm. that time? So so that's the thing most confused me.、Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's kind of like layers of solid ground, you know. Like you kind of move from one one layer and being built up in those basics, and then another layer and kind of learning to really be able to share and act in、uh, your faith is another layer of kind of discipleship, and then another layer is kind of understanding that this is really, you know, Jesus. This is really,、um, this really is what Jesus is saying. This really is. Um, you know what Jesus's mission is. This really is Jesus's way. Like really, like getting to separate that from these kind of different cultural things, and then、uh, it's kind of these layers of solid ground where you feel more and more confident 
actually in the mission that God has called us to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's very important. That's very important, and and why I think disciple making is so important because really, I think what we see a lot in churches is a lot of there are a lot of people, even elders and people who are very experienced, who are feel like you always feel like they're on very shaky ground. Kind of like, well, you can't really know that. Like, mm-hmm. well, this is really not sure. Even some of the basic things, people feel like, well, oh, even because like... as long as people nowadays say only something is right, yeah. then you're being prideful. You you, you know, you, you also offend people, you know. So all yeah. kinds of, uh, uh, what, the, the title, all kinds of, uh, you know, negative things will throw at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because... If you have any, I think that's just, that's a very modern, kind of this postmodern thinking is like everything, it's it's humble and not prideful to say everything is pretty much not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's like something, yeah, but even nowadays, even like something that's scientific or those things um, even are, you know, argued about quite a bit. But mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's everything is shaky. It's very humble to say, like, well, I don't really know the resurrection is true or not. I think it probably is. There's like a, you know, I personally believe mm-hmm. that, but you know, and it, then just so you take which that. You well, illustrate this uh, question in your coming uh, mm-hmm. series. Yeah, that's on a good. Foundation. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good uh, segue into yeah what the next series will be um, starting soon is going to be a foundation series where we're going to go through a lot of different topics um, mm-hmm. that kind of are some basic things for what makes up this faith. Mm-hmm. And and I think that'll be really helpful for our ministry to use in the future. And also just for you listeners, um, if you haven't gone through those foundation of things, or if you're wanting to help someone through them in the future, I think it'll be helpful to hear, th- listen through those things, to think about it, to take some notes, mm-hmm. and you can begin to kind of help. You know, that's kind of a foundation mm-hmm. for how to help people yeah, through. Yeah, because this faith is not steps. a blind faith. It's not, yeah, and I think that was one thing that was interesting, too, is just the list of things that are actually foundational. Yeah, this it's pretty long. Yeah, this cliche we haven't shared, right? The, yeah. the cliche of the definition of faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because because the cliche thinking about faith is like, uh, it, it's by faith, you know, it's something you don't, you shouldn't think that clearly, and then you just jump to believe. That shows you you more godly. Yeah, it's like kind of like the more the more disconnected from logic you are in your faith, the more of faith it really is. Like faith is something that is very far. It's like a way of, yeah. You know, like um, and this is something actually a lot of um modern day like atheists like to try to poke at. Because it, it, it is something that's a cliche that's common in the church, but it's also false. It's a very very cloudy thinking, and it, it's a, this idea that faith is against reason, that mm-hmm. faith is something, it's a way of believing. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe in God because of faith. So what is you the know, biblical separately. definition of faith? Yeah, so like the biblical definition is different from that. It's not just kind of like a, it's not a, like, I think Kant is the one that said like a, you know, a, a blind leap. It's not a blind leap, though, biblically. It's always, it always comes with evidence in it's some way. It's enough evidence. It's, uh, it's trust. It's basically this idea of trusting. You, you trust God. You, you, you have good evidence that God mm-hmm. exists. You have good evidence of who God is and what he's like. And that's actually the main thing. Like the, 
that God exists is actually one of the, the more minor points because it's kind of usually accepted throughout Scripture that God exists. There's not really much of a point of discussion, but is God is trustworthy is where Scripture keeps pointing. And that's where this faith comes in in a big way. It's we have those factors. Mm-hmm. Like so, with, so you're you think going about, to make a separate episode yeah, on that. Yeah. Okay, then let's yeah. talk about something else. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I really have a big heart for um, our listeners, especially your young people. Mm-hmm. Disciple making is God's only solution to change the world. Mm-hmm. Any other thing cannot, communism cannot change the world, mm-hmm. even though the motivation of coming up with this is to change the world. But um, it end up just kill people, mm-hmm. uh, kill free speech and you know, mm-hmm. and, and other, what are the other ways? Buddhism cannot change the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, change the world in a good way. Change the world to be like God's kingdom, to be like heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, this is the only way. Why yeah. is this is the only way? Yeah, exactly. And it's, uh, you know, there's, it's, you know, all these other ways are ways of trying to deal with the human problem, you know, trying to get people back into a state into a state where we can really like do well or can carry for each other well anymore yeah like communism Mm -hmm. is kind of like you know trying to find that those find out who you know is responsible who what group what way that people are being is causing this issue and then eliminate those people yeah. What will cause humans falling, and then they find out it's the rich people. So yeah. If you kill all the rich people, that solves the problem. Yeah, and even like you think about um, democracy, just plain democracy is like eliminate the the evils of kind of like the rulers, so that the people, the people mm-hmm. just are voting the it in. People are holier than the ruler. Yeah. Is that true? It's no. It's, it's not. It's not, and you know, and that's why these pure. We're seeing a lot of these pure democracies. Whenever a country just has democracy, a lot of t- times it's that isn't going to fix a country just by itself. You know, democracy by itself is not going to change the world. You know, you have um, you know these monarchies, and one of the reasons you know the in monarchical mm-hmm. kind of thinking was that the people you know are naturally sinful and evil so you need this one ruler but the issue Mm -hmm. there that we see it you know that one of the major things you hear about in a lot Mm -hmm. of western schools is about the dangers of monarchy and and it's true that the dangers of monarchy is that that king has to be yeah that's to be good but then a group of sinners rule it's it's not better than yeah exactly so and then in communism it's similar because you always have these these groups of people, there's a noble idea, they try to get rid of it, and sometimes at the beginning it will seem better, but then you always have sinful people again who end up will end up a ruling. Group of sinful people yeah. ruling is the same. Yeah, and also they will be thing. more controlling because they get this this country by rebellion and mm-hmm. by force. And then like you see with Mao and those things too early on in China or any of these countries there's all this backstabbing and things because then everybody's scared too that the other person is mm-hmm. going to now take care of you once they see your sin. And then there's this, you know, very frightful kind of creating fake images of yourself and then mm-hmm. also trying to eliminate the other people around you before they eliminate you. And um, it's just the, the main issue is that you can't 
you can't make people right. You can't really have this society that people do have in their mind. You know, people are trying to pursue society where people are really good to each other. And I think everyone knows that that's something that needs to be mm-hmm. made, you know, manifest, made reality. And the only way that's made reality is when sin is removed from people. Mm-hmm. But actually, and and usually this part is understood in churches nowadays, but the the issue is that the Holy Spirit just being there, mm-hmm. Christ just being in someone's life is not enough to just, it's not just going to kind of be like a magic pill and then you just start to, okay, well, now I'm just becoming more and more good and this is just mm-hmm. happening. It actually takes, it's like a, it's like a tool. Mm-hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit is, is going to do those things, but as you begin to step out, mm-hmm. as you begin to take action, and, and as you begin to discipline yourself and those things. Now, it, and then disciple making is in that process of sanctification, right? Mm-hmm. So justification right. is needed because we're separated from God. Mm-hmm. And so all these other systems, mm-hmm. they don't account for that separation and, from God. Yeah, and then with, with Jesus' life, we're going to be more and more like him and going to be more and more holy. So mm-hmm. the problem of the world will be smaller and smaller, mm-hmm. in, in a sense, just thinking in a logical way. Yeah. And uh, think about how this whole world's problem began. It's because um, people sin and uh, for sure of the glory of God. Mm. And so the whole earth is, is cursed because God in, initially made uh, Adam and Eve as the uh, ruler, uh, mm. not ruler, the, the manager mm. of the whole world, mm-hmm. right? And because the, the manager, the head, the manager mm. are polluted, yeah. so the whole earth yeah. are, are cursed. That's right. So if you want to solve that problem, that's why Jesus says, um, the uh the right uh, the arrival of the kingdom that's it's not here or there mm. it's it's on people's heart it's mm. first on people's heart because mm. people's heart sinful nation need to be changed yeah it's it's not like God doesn't have the ability to now make the uh you know the the beautiful heaven mm. come out to be it's because people are not ready mm. people cannot live in that kind of place with God yeah. so. Um, so people, once we are born again, we are like we have like a little baby life inside. Right? Mm. So this baby life needs to grow, and that's the process of discipleship. Mm-hmm, that's right. And the discipleship is a very very lofty work, actually. Yeah. To and and then when that person become more and more holy, uh, so to speak, is more and more like Jesus, then he will deal with the environment around him and people in god's way mm. that's very beautiful yeah you know? and that's why uh and you look at uh, one of my favorite chapters in the bible on this is romans 8 and you see how paul talks about how the whole earth groans mm-hmm. you know it's groaning you know and we groan yeah waiting for the yeah waiting for the sons of god it says and, and you know mm-hmm. the sons and daughters of god and it's the the people of god really being the people of God. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what the whole world is waiting for. That's right. But then that doesn't happen, like you said, it doesn't happen just through conversions. It certainly doesn't happen through these other world systems. Mm-hmm. It happens through people really coming into relationship with Jesus and being built up into mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. image. And So all the environmentalists, actually, and the vegetarians, mm-hmm. those people, actually, they see those problems. 
But those people actually, they should really be passionate on disciple making mm-hmm. because that's the only effective way. Yeah. Um. Not to say like now you don't need to do things good in, for the environment mm-hmm. because we already say that when we have um Jesus heart, you want to even though we cannot do it in a perfect way because we're not in heaven yet, but then we 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 will try our best mm-hmm. to per preserve this environment and that's yeah. what we are doing we, we love the environment yeah and that's the thing too is it's a holistic picture uh, and when you really think about from the beginning on like you said us being this ambassadors for god in the whole world mm-hmm. these uh kind of demi rulers of the earth and being charged with taking care of mm-hmm. it bringing the earth into submission in a yeah, way into because, god's way because if jesus lived as my neighbor he would recycle Mm, right, we yeah. wouldn't see him litter, right? Mm. Yeah. So okay. So what 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 else do we want to talk about? So so uh, in the end, um, not the end. Um, but how how did we get into this? Uh, really short, like the uh, get into this church disciple making ministry. Yeah. So I think this just connects to some of the other things we said, and I think the last uh, conversation was a good segue into it. So why do we think church disciple making is worth really devoting ourselves into in kind of such a big way? And mm-hmm. I think it's because, you know, the bride of Christ is the hope of Jesus in, in the world. You know, the bride of Christ is, is what Jesus is counting on to do the work mm-hmm. of of disciple making, of going therefore and making disciples and, and building up and and being the salt and light in the world. So because the church is called to that, um, and be, and because their church is not really doing that, and again, like we we've said again and again, with with a lot of these cliches, like if these cliches are present, then a church is you know like ninety nine percent I can say with assurity that is not making disciples. And so if the church is not making disciples. You know, that's a bad thing. Then then this mission of Jesus is really being like cut off mm-hmm. until these things are dealt with. So I think that's mm-hmm. a big thing that's um, drawn us into doing church disciple making ministry is mm-hmm. we want to be as much as possible agents for Jesus Christ in helping mm-hmm. the church to, to get it and to be able to take practical steps into mm-hmm. making disciples. To transform churches. Because otherwise... Uh, like we we talk about in our last episode, people in every country, thousands and thousands of people daily go to hell. Mm-hmm. So so the church is if but if the church's ministry is strong, if uh, each Christian get into the multiplication business, mm-hmm. think about how many people will be saved. Mm-hmm. That's right. And God loves all people, mm-hmm. so we love all people too. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and this is the way. This is the way that we see that happen. And so, to us, I think you think about from the beginning, like what should we do? We should love one another. And then, what is to us the way that that we can love most, like supremely? I guess it's really by looking at what is Jesus' way to love, and that's to see that people don't end up in hell, and also that people hell is one side of it is a real side and then also the side that people don't know God mm-hmm. they don't really know God and that's a deeply valuable and wonderful thing that people don't have and are meant to have and are not ever going to be satisfied until they have that 
-hmm. And the only way we can help people to really have the satisfaction of knowing God is and the way the most people possible is through disciple making. Mm -hmm. And and the only way that that can happen is if churches are out there doing it, because we know that there's a timetable on our lives, right? Um, we're not going to live forever. We're not going to be able to disciple everyone. And I was thinking about this today, too, is when Jesus, you know, he makes his statement, like, the harvest is plentiful, but laborers are few. Mm -hmm. Therefore, pray the Father to send out laborers into the harvest. One thing about that scene, Jesus looking out of the crowds, is Jesus is acknowledging that th these crowds, it's too many people for just us 13 here to mm -hmm. be able to disciple this group. Mm -hmm. Actually, we need to pray for laborers to go out into that harvest so that the harvest can really be reached. Mm -hmm. You know, if it was just about preaching and teaching and those things, Jesus could have come up with a little church strategy and just did it right there. He could have just preached a big gospel sermon to those people. Mm -hmm. But instead, it it needs the disciples to be going out mm -hmm. and the church needs to be producing disciples and sending them out into mm -hmm. the harvest yeah. prayerfully but then in a practical way mm -hmm. yeah and the um, navigators church ministry um is actually growing very fast um they're very very selective about uh what staff can can join in um and uh we're very global actually um some some of the staff we know they you know they they fly to Africa and mm. another place they uh one of your your coach mm. um has been helping what the Chinese pastors mm. in uh North Africa mm. um many churches they help right oh the whole denomination some yeah sometimes it start with one church and then that church really thrives and then we begin to help the whole denomination mm. to change. And and it's it's not sounds like a simple thing because really people um the staff go into a church that they they would um uh have many conversations with the pastor and begin to train and help the pastor um to to personally know how to do disciple making, you know, to, to start it. Um that's that is not to say like um uh, church leaders uh sometimes know nothing about disciple making. But oftentimes, it's, we talk about the whole whole process mm -hmm. to bring someone from um, a new believer or non-believer, uh, convert them, and then to be relatively mature that that they can have the uh, generational spiritual descendants. Mm -hmm. um, and then to you know to really train the small group leaders or elders and whoever the pastor wants us to to train. Um, and then this process is one or two years, really. Mm -hmm. And so, so it's not like, hey, we we um, sell a curriculum or sell a, a set of a class or something, and then maybe in the in the uh, in the church round, um, uh, people can do the the preaching or the workshop, those things. So it's 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 like a, um, compared to a consulting company, like you do a several months work and give a report. Um, this is like you spot the problem and then you go into a church through three to five years, you know, to transform the whole church to become a disciple-making church mm -hmm. and then keep a uh, long-term relationship probably to, you know, to to, to uh, protect the program. Mm -hmm. That's right. And the thing that's exciting is like you said, Anne, that this is really happening. You know, that this is a 
it's a small but growing ministry, mm-hmm. like you said. Um, yeah, just my coach, um, just uh, him and the people he's working with. I mean, they're helping like thousands of churches right now, mm-hmm. and that have all said that they want this because they've seen churches go through this process over a number of years, and then they say, mm-hmm. "Wow, that's that's deeper." There's something mm-hmm. deep about that, and then they also want to begin to take that on. And it's this is something that it can't be just a, a you know it's not a just a program mm-hmm. that you hand over. Like you can't just hand over a package and like oh here you go. It really has to like you said like people the leaders have to be trained. They have mm-hmm. to be walked through how to help another person step by step because it takes patience and it takes time. And it takes you having someone to walk through with other people with you. Mm-hmm. Um, because at each step, you know, there's places where you get stuck and there's places where you need help. Mm-hmm. Um, so it you have to have another person there mm-hmm. for you to really have that endurance and really be able to work through the difficulties of discipling others. And then once you disciple one and then you can disciple another and then disciple another and then you know, it's, it can really change a whole culture mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's, uh, that's why when uh, we enter a church, we uh, sign those agreements, at least three years agreement, uh, because uh, there will be some, some, hard, uh, some hard ways um, in front of us mm-hmm. um, that uh, oftentimes people might think to drop out, um, you know, so, mm-hmm. so that's um, a protection. So let's let's see. Um, okay, so uh, suppose people uh, heard all this ten episodes and and now they they are with us uh, here now. Uh, what do you think? What what are the uh, what what do you want people to do? What are the next steps? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think uh, the first step is just to kind of if you've heard these and you're and you're interested in knowing more, just you know begin to and you're beginning to think about these things, just uh, just thinking through them is the, the first step. And then uh, kind of finding some further resources after that, you know, like how can you begin to uh, really know more about disciple making? Mm-hmm. Um, so the book we'll recommend is Disciples Are Made, Not Born mm-hmm. uh, by Henrichson. Mm-hmm. Okay. And also, you can refer to the website, discipleship, discipleshiplibrary.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a great resource. And um, just on the front page of discipleshiplibrary.com, you can see some yeah. really good talks and things like that. And there's thousands many, many of talks you can, and you sermons. Discipleshiplibrary.com. Yeah, we listen to it a lot for different topical reasons. Mm-hmm. It's really a great resource. Yeah. So, so the first step is you can look into deep, more deeply into disciple making process because mm. really our episode is try to chop away uh, those obstacles, those obstacles um, hinder you to even begin. Mm. So when you begin, right. you can you can uh, read something like that, you can listen to something like that. Uh, but most most important number two is to really look for a discipler that who will invest on you life on life. And um, I'm not saying there um, there are a lot of people like that, but you pray. I mean, mm-hmm. there are very few, and sometimes even in, in a church, maybe you cannot even find one. Um, 
but once you read those, uh, read a book we recommend or listen to some talks and discipleship um, on, on that website, uh, you will have a better eye to mm. recognize who are those generational uh, laborers. Mm. You know, you will judge better. And so um, if you really cannot find one, you uh, write to us, right? Mm. That's true. Write to us, we, we will help you. Um, you can send to Tim's email, email timothy.kaho, C-A-H-O-E, at navigators.org. N A B I G A T O R S dot mm-hmm. org. Yeah. So, or any questions? If even you, um, uh, whatever question you have about this space, about Christianity, about Bible, uh, that we might pick up some questions to answer uh, in the coming episode. Mm-hmm. And also, if you are pastors, um, I think you can begin to think about that. Uh, how to help your church to become more have a disciple-making component, Uh, how you can engage your whole congregation um, uh, to become disciples, you know, Um, uh, with engage your congregation with Jesus' uh, Great Commission. And also, if you are already a disciple, you know, even because we know sometimes even we are talking, this program is talking to, uh, some our own uh, staff members, you know. Uh, I personally find really helpful after we record all those cliches and think those things through. I think it's a very, very good tool when we try to verbally persuade our fellow Christians into discipleship. That almost every month I have several successful cases mm-hmm. that I just talk to people. Just ask, I just ask people, what is the definition? Of, of disciple making mm-hmm. and it's disciple making in your life. You know, I just talk to any uh, women of any age mm-hmm. in in different churches, and and people, so many people have the aha moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and then so so really for the disciples, if you yourself is already making disciples, then you know it also matters whether people around you they are into this business because. We are brothers and sisters, and we are all, you know, into this business with Jesus. Mm, that's right. Um, mm, well, uh, yep, I think that kind of wraps up this kind of celebration episode for the Cliché series. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the series. If you listen to some episodes, feel free to go back and try to listen to the rest. I'll post a reference episode um kind of a reference for all the episodes uh, on this podcast. So if you go into the, yeah, the cast box, I'll put my email and I'll put Mm -hmm. the reference file from our blog. Um, Please, if you want, if you like to listen, please hit the subscribe button. Uh, Also keep listening for the, (laughs) keep listening for the foundation series um, that's going to start in these coming weeks. Thank you and Mm -hmm. have a good day. God bless.